Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hello friends, welcome. Today, Ken George, up in a village called Kimantian, is going to tell us about something that happened during his time in the jungle. It's story time, and the title of the story is, God Provides a Landing. Sit back and enjoy. Once upon a time, long, long ago, way back in the the jungles, up in the mountains, very, very steep mountains. There's only one way in, you have to walk. Or you can crawl, but that's the only way in. But there was a little clinic way back there in the mountains, and uh, one day, a lady was brought in from far, far away. It was a 12 hours on foot they had to bring her. And she was very, very sick, and her husband accompanied her. Well, fortunately, in about a week, she was in pretty good shape, but there was no way she could hike all the way back to her uh, village. And so fortunately, God had provided an easier and better way to be transported, and that was the helicopter. We decided, well, she's out of the clinic now. Let's take her down to the little house down there by the landing strip. And tomorrow, maybe we can fly her back home so that she doesn't have to walk that 12 hours over those incredibly rocky trails through the jungles. We brought her down there, but that night there was lots of troubles. We didn't know what was going on. They came up and said, oh, there's troubles, there's troubles, there's troubles. And so we went down and he said, what's the trouble? My husband ran away. Well, where did he run to? I don't know, into the jungles. Well, we waited around waiting, and finally about 11 o'clock at night, we hear somebody coming. And so we go out, and, well, it's her husband. His clothes are all tattered, and he's scratched and everything. And he said, oh, where have you been? He said, I had to go to a meeting. Oh, a meeting. Okay, well, uh, who were you meeting at in the middle of the night? He said, well, I had to meet, and he gave a name. Well, that's fine if somebody needs me to have a meeting, but in the middle of the night, and the biggest problem was that person happened to have been dead for many years. So we just made us a little bit more leery about this whole thing, what was going on here. So we thought, we really do need to get these people back to their village, and Maybe we can get it all worked out properly. Well, that was not an easy night. A lot of things happened that night. He was not very helpful. I won't go into details, but we are very, very thankful the next morning when he heard the helicopter coming. He came in and landed right there, and it's a very small helicopter. There was room for one person inside and one person outside. There was a side carrier that you could lie down in, and you could lie down there and travel in uh, comfort with the breeze in your face and the heat from the engine burning your legs. And uh, we decided, okay, well, we're going to put the woman inside and the man will put in the outside. 
So when we went to do it, he said, no, 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 that's, you've got it wrong. I ride inside, she rides outside. And we said, no, you ride outside, she rides inside. Well, it went back and forth several times. And finally, we said, no, we have the solution. She rides inside, you walk. And he said, oh, okay, I'll ride outside. Okay. So we finally got it figured out. We very carefully placed the woman inside and made sure she had her seat belt on, that she was secure. And the man we put in the basket on the outside. And because of all that had taken place within the last 24 hours, I very carefully took a rope and went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because I wanted to be sure that he was secure in that basket and would not only not fall out, but not even climb out. So I finally got him all tied in properly, and uh, the helicopter pilot was ready, and I said, okay. And he said, I'll tell you what, I am going to take off, and I will circle around, because I need to gain altitude to get over that 6,000-foot mountain to get to the other side of the island. And while I'm circling, I want you to watch very carefully. If you notice any problems at all, you wave your hands and let me know there's a problem because I will land and we will resolve that problem before we go on. And so I watched intently the helicopter take off. It circled around, it gained altitude, and finally, everything looked fine to me. They headed off over the mountains. Well, <laughs> I was glad to know that they were on their way home, that we did not have the responsibility to resolve these problems. I was a little bit surprised that normally the flight over is maybe 15 minutes and the flight back would be 15 minutes, but the helicopter arrived back in merely 10 minutes and I was a little bit puzzled to hear the helicopter coming in to land. So I ran down to the landing strip, and the helicopter came in, it landed nicely. They shut it down, and the pilot got out. He said, uh, oh, did everything go well? He said, first, before we talk, let's kneel down. We need to have prayer. To find out more about this project or to offer a kind donation, please visit our website at afmonline.org. That's afmonline.org. Or call us on 800-937-4236. That's 800-937-4236. Whatever you can do to help will go a long way for the completion of the work. And thank you to those who have helped in any way, from donations to prayers. Back to the story. Well, that's good. Uh, okay. And so we knelt down and he prayed a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me safely back to this location. Well, after I heard that prayer, I got the feeling there might be somewhat of a story behind that. And I said, what exactly happened? He said, well, 
Everything was going fine. We were flying up and climbing and climbing and climbing. We were trying to get over the mountains. We were over the thick jungle. We were up by those big rocks that you can see for miles and miles away. And as I crested the mountains and I was over those thick jungles, all of a sudden, I feel the controls taking over doing things I was not planning on them doing. Now you have to understand that with a helicopter you fly with both your feet and both your hands. And the control that made the helicopter go up and down was doing funny things. He looks over and here is the husband of the woman climbing into the helicopter from outside. Well, obviously the first thing he'd done, he'd reached up and seen that nice bar and grabbed it and pulled it down, which makes the helicopter fall out of the sky. And then he proceeded to climb in over his wife and perch up on the instrument panel in that area and begin to grab this and grab that. And the pilot immediately decided this was the best time to finish his flight. There was no way he could continue flying with this situation. And so, he looks down over this jungle that goes on forever, and amazingly, he sees a field of kogan there. Now, kogan is grass. It grows quite tall, maybe three feet, four feet, five feet high. And he thinks, that is where I have to go. I got to land at that point. And so he immediately turns the helicopter, begins losing altitude incredibly fast. But as he comes in, he's unable to catch the field. He has to make a 180 degree turn and he manages to get the nose around, noses into the field and sets it down. Now the danger is that with that tall grass, you don't know what is underneath the grass. It could be logs, it could be rocks, anything. But he managed to make that landing. The pilot was unable to speak their language, but somehow he was able to convey to them that this was the end of the flight. He was able to convey to them, from here on, you have the privilege of walking to get home. And so they headed off into the jungles to find their way home. Well, as he stood there looking at the helicopter, he said, did anything get damaged? Did anything happen to the helicopter? He's looking at it, and suddenly he looks up, and out of the jungle are coming natives with machetes. Well, people in those jungles don't do that normally. So they come closer and closer and closer, and as they come closer, they bend over and begin cutting the kogan around the helicopter so that he can check everything out. So, they cut everything down. He checks everything out, everything looks good. He starts to realize that when he'd come into land, he'd been unable to hit the field, he had had to make that 180 degree turn, that by making that turn, he had landed directly into the prevailing wind, was exactly the way you want to land when you're coming in, unbeknownst to him, circumstances has caused it that he had landed the proper way and he took off he flew back to Kamantian and he told us what had happened now what's interesting is that the story of course went all around all of the native people heard that story 
And they said, you flew up over the mountains. You were over the jungle. You landed in a field of Kogan there. And they said, we don't know of any Kogan field that is up there. There's no Kogan field that we know of. And besides that, the natives up there are all afraid of you. None of them would have come out of the jungle and helped you. They would have all run away. To this day, nobody knows where that Kogan field was. And nobody knows who those natives were who came out and helped to cut the grass. The other interesting thing is that he and his wife proceeded on back to their village where one of our workers were working. And when the man got there, he said, they treated us badly. They treated us terribly. We almost died. And the people in the village were becoming angry and unhappy with our worker there. You did these horrible things. And they were on the verge of doing something drastic when his wife showed up and said, everything he is telling you is a lie. So it just goes to prove that the safest place to be is doing what God wants you to do. So the question is, who were those natives who came out of the jungle? Where did that Kogan field come from? Well, maybe they were angels. Maybe that was a Kogan field created by angels. We don't know. We don't know who they were. You have to make that decision yourself. But the fact is, that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, when you're in the service of God, God will take care of you. No matter how bad things look, He will take care of you, whether it's supernatural protection or not supernatural protection. So, don't worry. Be obedient to God, and He will always take care of you. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Please join us again next time for more stories of hope. God bless.